0: Hi, everybody! Welcome to episode one hundred and nine of the Apolog podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a thirty-day free trial when you go to audibletrialcom Apologue. There's over one hundred eighty thousand titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle Player, or MP3 player. Go there, get anything. If you like being read to, if you like being in your, if you're in your, if you're like me and you're in your car lot, go to audibletrial.com slash applog and get your free audiobook download and your 30-day free trial amazon i have an affiliate program with amazon if you go to applog.ca and click on the banners located on the right side you'll locate your country whether you're from canada united states or the uk you can bookmark those link banners and every time you shop on amazon use those links to shop and support the show it costs you no extra money and you know you're doing something for the show. Thank you so much for the people that have been doing it. I can see every day somebody buys something. It's pretty awesome. If you're interested in pledging to the show monthly, if you want to pledge a dollar or two bucks a month, go to patreon.com/apolog. Patreon is a pledging website. You can pledge on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees. That's my hosting fees and my gas fees i have four patrons so if you want to put together a group of people and do two bucks a month then that would be great that would really help the show out. i know there's a bunch of people that listen to the show and i really appreciate you guys listening to it but if you want to help the show out like maybe the show helps you out then go there patreon.com slash apple inside recorders it's a recording studio it's an online recording studio if you want your record to be mixed at an online recording studio, send it to Insight Recorders. You can get your mix done, get mastered for CDs. Uh, you can have iTunes mastering. You can have even set up a store at the Insight Recorders store. Applelog.ca slash slash shop is a place to pre-order an acoustic album that just might come out soon. You can buy a t-shirt, which are running out, and buy the four-square discography for 20 bucks. So it's only three things I have in there right now. I might put some more stuff in there. Hey, everybody. Please don't forget to go to iTunes to like, rate, and review the show. Give it some stars. Follow the show on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Follow me on Twitter by going to Simon at SimonHead666. That's all the bits. Today's guest is a real treat for me. Kevin Lyman started the Warp Tour after he'd worked on Lollapalooza for a bunch of times. He is sort of... He was he was a promoter through Golden Voice. Uh, He's been doing this forever. Uh, Warp Tour was one of the very first crazy tours I really went on as a tour manager with a band called Sum 41. We were in a van. We travel all over North America in a van, realizing quite fast that we should probably be in a tour bus because the Warp Tour was a hard tour to be on. It was hot. There was a, a, not a lot of sleep in between shows. There was a lot of distance between shows, hence the no sleep. And Kevin was the guy that kept it all together. He was always great to talk to. He was like the face of Warp Tour and is the face of Warp Tour. Uh, we talk today a little bit about what the warp tour does not just going into your town and getting all your kids to go to the show but there's actually a, a conscious voice there which i didn't know really until we had that conversation we uh i felt sorry for him because he's not much of a trump supporter and looks like trump obviously is going to be the president unless someone maybe pulls out a gun and shoots him and uh we had a nice long chat and it was good getting caught up and kevin lyman everybody on the Apolog podcast
1: Good to see you. How's
0: yeah. Toronto? Toronto ready? is getting colder and colder.
1: Yeah, winter's <laughs> about ready to
0: start. It's actually it's been pretty good. Like we've usually had it's it's usually kind of getting crappy around now, but it's still nice today, like sweater, weather, stuff like that. Okay. So, well, I started already. So uh
1: Yeah, and I'm sorry. I just it's late in the day and I was doing some other things. But a little interesting day down here in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah in the states in general.
0: I know. Well, um, Congratulations.
1: I don't know if it's I wouldn't. I would not. Good I'm luck? A, good luck. Probably good luck would probably be the best thing. And uh, if anyone should be building a wall, it should be you guys right now.
0: <laughs> well, apparently our um, immigration website was like, crashed.
1: Crashed. That was the news last night that it immediately started crashing when the results started coming in.
0: But it's it, it, probably because someone under... Powered it anyways. To, it sounds yeah. like good press to me. I don't know. It sounds, yeah. You know yeah. what it's like, right? So, uh, Warp Tour is still going, huh? 26 years? 20... 23 years, 23 so it'll be the 23rd
1: years. 23rd summer this year.
0: When yeah. was the first time you actually came through Canada? Was it 95?
1: 95. It was the first year, you know, and, you know, right now it's, it's strange because we didn't come up last summer. It was the yeah. first time I didn't bring up my tours in a long time up there. And, uh, you know, it's it's always been can- doing shows up in Canada has always been a big part between Taste of Chaos, Warped, everything else. So not coming up there was a little strange.
0: Mm-hmm. What stopped it was financial reasons. Was it, it was it emigration. Was it all the above? It was,
1: it was a little bit of a combo uh, combo thing. We uh, one the venue we normally used was not available in in Toronto, which kind of forced me to look at some alternative venues where you know the business wasn't quite as good in the past, and then. We started laying that out and started realizing that when we went came to Can Canada because uh, that was I think why punk rock was always big in Canada. The bands didn't really look at the the money exchange or they just went.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, you know we it was a, it was a it's always been a huge financial hit to actually go up there. And then the the dollar situation last summer started rearing its head, and we've had a situation with the Canadian government that we're working through, been working through a long time regarding some of that foreign income tax that gets left behind. So uh, it was strange. We started figuring it out. And for the year we didn't go up there, we started getting the refunds we've been due for a long time. So <laughs>
0: you put the heat on.
1: Well. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that's well, so uh, what's the plans for this year Is it, or next year, I guess next year?
1: <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know if I have the line. The line it's, it's tricky, though. I also found with the with in canada the, my lineup uh, you know it seemed to kind of work up in toronto but um it wasn't working in montreal quite the same especially you, you started getting more and more shows up there mm-hmm. uh, i mean quebec in general gets so many festivals and so many shows now that toronto we had a good following because the, the kids in toronto seemed to follow the patterns of, of music in, in the states and as our crowd got a little bit younger um, and we were, were going in a certain direction It wasn't quite working as well in places like Montreal.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's, I mean, you said it there, like following the trends of music. And it seems like, you know, punk rock has been morphing for the past 10 years into things that when you start getting like, start feeling like an old guy, you know, so when you feel like an old guy, you're like, well, maybe that's not the tour for old guys anymore you know yeah
1: no i mean yeah that's you know warped tour you know the average age is younger than the audience for the festival (laughs) so you know and you know i always say you know montreal has always been that you know punk rock place it's a place where bands like strung out no use for a name have always had a home and and large straws up there and to bring them on someone but but who knows you know especially with a the way Punk rock could be ready for a big resurgence this, in the future because, uh, as I say, during political turmoil, we get some of our best punk rock.
0: Yeah, as well as stand-up comedy.
1: Stand-up comedy always really, yeah, there's lots of material out there. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, I think that, you know, it's, it's not funny. We can't take some, was, but oh. there's been a lot of laughter on Saturday Night Live. I think it, it just resurrected that television show down here in a huge way, uh, especially during the elections. We'll mm. see where it goes now.
0: Yeah, we had a I I work in a theater and we just had an American uh, theater group up doing uh, a show and they today you could tell like they're they're affected like they're like oh my god what happened. Yeah, and what think- is you know what's going on and yeah. you know I guess the 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 majority rules people voted and people Happen- there was
1: voting, you know we still you know we we have that question between the popular vote and the electoral college, yeah. you know how that went uh we're definitely a nation down here that's split, you know if anything, this brought to light this this divide that's happened down here yeah. um, and you know it's it's one of those things there there there's lots of things that need to be tackled in, in this country. I hope that the ones they tack that they focus on are the right ones maybe and not some of these. Other issues that would be low-hanging fruit that will just disrupt so much of our, you know, growth as a country and and our, what that has come along in our country. So, yeah. you know, I think the the knee-jerk or the reaction right now is is kind of a visceral, you know, just gut reaction because there was so much emotion. And I, I see the protests going on tonight down here. Mm-hmm. Um, are you know they're gathering, they're peaceful, thank goodness. But people are just venting frustration on either side. I think it would be reverse it would be some of the same things going on just you know they- different part so, of the
0: world, yeah, but different part of america right yeah uh, yeah i you know i think about obama and how obama had hope and change and not a lot of hope and change happened only because he didn't have a lot of power um to push things through <laughs> but anything the- he did was incremental just a little bit you know that was enough to to sort of change the world for the better so let's hope that when the T-man wants to pull the trigger and start nuking people that there will be just some resistance to say. Yeah.
1: I, I you <laughs> know, I think a lot of, you know, and, and you, you hope, you know, I think, you know, we had a, uh, a, 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 he, he mobilized a lot of people in, in a, in a mm. strange way. But right? I, I don't think, you know, the, even already, you know, the, the whole thing of jailing, you know, putting, Clinton in jail, you know, he was very, and that's kind of softening that even, you know, I think, I think there's a way he saw that the people of the frustration, he brought the frustration on a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in the wrong, in, a, in a, a way that I just, you know, it, but we have problems down here.
0: Yeah, he and spoke I, to a group of people that don't normally vote and they're usually uh, politically active. They feel really. like they're the, you know, the, maybe the downtrodden or even the unheard, so right? You know, I don't know. The
1: marginalized. And, you know, know, the people that are waiting for those jobs, they say jobs coming back to America or anyone that's educated, you know, has that education. Those jobs are not coming back. Those small town manufacturing jobs, those little factory plants that were in so many of our small communities Mm -hmm. that maybe made, you know, I don't know, maybe they made this you know, corkscrew or something i holding and they made those and that was the whole city and that was the company town. And then one day someone decided they could make them overseas cheaper and they shut down the town and maybe it was a town of 500 people and 100 people worked in the, in the factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, those jobs aren't going to come back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No one can, you know, you could say it all you want. And I think people have been waiting for him. And so it's just, going. it's a country that really does need to adapt. I think this will mobilize hopefully the youth. I said they need to grab a candidate like a Kennedy or even, for, I remember the first time I voted was Jimmy Carter yeah. and he had mobilized uh, the college students. We were all feeling frustration and, and uh, I think we voted for someone like Jimmy Carter. So maybe, you know, they're going to find their candidate for four years from now, you know? Yeah. And,
0: yeah, you have to. You you said it. You said it in a way that you need big change. You need a big movement to make big change. Because yeah. making little bits of change through the political process and diplomacy or democracy, sometimes you need to sort of have butting heads to to make change. And yeah, you
1: know, and I think that's what punk rock was always about.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. you know,
1: I you know what we tend to attack we used to attack you know go take things on head on mm-hmm. uh, we were very all very opinionated and very and we would you know we would we would hash it out you know maybe hash it out backstage or hash it out in a tent or in front of one of my tour buses, but we were always uh, pushing for you know, something that we believed in. And, you know, it was the farewell speech of, you know, not the farewell so much of, but Obama today, his transition speech, he is still a very eloquent man and a very eloquent speaker. Mm-hmm. He was just completely bogged down by our Senate and House of Representatives. They just didn't give him a chance.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that is unfortunate because um that's unfortunately what gave a lot of people ammunition to say, well, he didn't really do anything. He didn't yeah. really achieve anything. It's like, well, hey, it's like trying to play tennis with no arms. It's essentially, yeah. you know or, what I mean? Like, yeah, or or tied behind your back or behind, however yeah, yeah. that
1: term goes. So, yeah. so you know, and that's, you know, we can go, go around and you can't blame any one group or anyone for putting him into, oh, there's a lot of frustrated people. So, yeah. you know, with that being said, you know, I, you know, Warped Tour through the years, has transitioned into, you know, working with over 100 nonprofits and organizations and and things and trying to make those changes in your community. Because tackling the world's problems, you know, could become overwhelming. But one of the things that I'm always proud of is that food drive that we started on Warp Tour, where, you know, we've collected 436,000 pounds of food last summer in front of the gates of Warp Tour. the blood drives uh the nonprofits that are formed and i think you know we may see a little lean towards some of those you know more you know activist type organizations hopefully that people would rally around we you know we've attacked things like teen suicide and um sexual harassment and uh, sexual predation um, on the tour we've tackled that recently so maybe we're going to you know oh, well, like i said you know i've never been a person to you know, it definitely, you know, I think emotionally draining right now, but you know what, you get back up and you go to, you know, you go back to work and you try to make your community better. And I think there's what punk rock actually did in so many ways. I, yeah. I know that, you know, up in Canada, that punk rock community was pretty active up there and all on Queen, Queen street and going to the bovine and seeing great bands. I've been yeah. up there many times.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, mm. you know, you know, you, you've kind of, yeah, you've summed it up. You're the past 17 months or what it's been for, has led up to this and the electoral vote versus the popular vote. Like I'm still, I'm, I don't get it. I don't understand, you know, but yeah. I, I, I want to know, I mean, like we came to talk about the Warped Tour. And about- I know, it's, it's, it's really a weird day. I've
1: done a couple, couple different uh, interviews today and, and it's drifting back to, you know, where the roots of, of music was too. And yeah. I think in many ways we've, we've lost those very political front front forward bands. Uh, I've talked about, you know, how we used to seem to be doing a benefit show. It seemed every few weeks in Los Angeles during the during the eighties and early nineties, we were always trying to do something, whether that was rock for choice. Uh, we were doing the rock the vote movement. We were doing uh, legal funds for different bands and organizations. Um, I think bands now, you know, need to, you know, there's these bands, but they seem to express themselves. You know, they use Twitter. I use Twitter, we all use Twitter, yeah. but we have to back that up with our actions. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and I think, you know, it was strange. The the and We are watching a couple of the, the, the protests tonight, but everyone still seems to have their phones out. So are they using this for uh, to be a media event for their own promotion? Or are they really, really stirred by this? And- yeah.
0: Yeah, even, even 15 years ago, I'm on tour with Good Riddance and Strike Anywhere, and we're in Florida, and there's a group of dudes that wanted to kill Strike Anywhere. They wanted yeah. to kill him, yeah. And, yeah. and that's, to me, it's horrible based on the fact that he was speaking about equality, he's speaking about you know human rights and ethics, and, and there's a group of people that want to kill him. And like looking for exit strategies and things like something like oh, yeah,
1: that was, you know, that goes back to the history of black flag going yeah. down into Florida the first time and yeah.
0: propaganda started going down there like five or six years ago, like they yeah. apparently they avoided it like the plague,
1: well, Yeah, Florida was Florida could be a river, you know, look at Florida has a lot to say with our elections each year. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's a, it's an area that you know, you still deal with that. Things that I think in in cities like California, where I live, you know, equality, uh, LGBT rights, things like that. Down there, whoa, there's a there's a group of people that I don't know. Some somewhere lost something. Maybe you know, maybe the the Florida heat heat. took it out of them and things. But it's sometimes not rational. Any kind of rational discussion could be had with a small group of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have that everywhere. Um, but, you know, I, I'm looking now maybe for those bands, uh, not going back to the bands like that have that have fought that battle, the no effects you know, that was probably the last Rock Against Bush was such a huge thing down here. Mm-hmm. Um, who's, who are those bands that are going to really be the voice and put themselves out there, not yeah. to their small group of fans? You know, you could mm-hmm. always talk sing this to your friends, but you've got to put yourself out on this platform in a wider range mm-hmm. and really, you know, because we used to mobilize behind music.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, And when you say about Twitter and the facelessness of it all, I mean, people can make the most horrific comments on YouTube, and they're just some faceless person. Um, and, 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 And they could be fighting a battle for maybe the right initiatives, but they have, like you said, there's no actual meat to the discussion. So when they're trying to make a point, you need the numbers of people, you need the, you know, you need that person's face, and you need the, you know, and habit. I think,
1: and I think that sometimes, you know, you have to take yourself out of the comfort zone. You know, right. I've said, you know, the parking lots of the Warp Tour, it's, you know, I, my, I have my beliefs, but I believe that other beliefs should be represented. And so far, you know, as long as they haven't represented hate or bigotry or racism, you've had a welcome spot in our parking lot, mm-hmm. which sometimes will have different minded groups. We've had pro-choice groups. we've had pro-life groups, we've had things, you know, If I just put a certain thing because of my beliefs out there and those beliefs you would see at my home or in my privacy or or group of people or something I would go to be involved in. But when I put it on that platform, because I think teens need to start making those choices. And I think the Warped Tour parking lot's been one of those places to make those choices on where your future things you want to be involved in. It's
0: the discussion, too, Um, because whether or not the person is thinking different, well, right or wrong in whatever your beliefs are, at least there's a discussion, a discussion being had. And yeah. if the discussion means this person is, say, pro-choice or pro-life, then you're putting them in the same room with each other to speak. And then yeah. you, it's a human element where they can actually go, oh, okay, you're a person just like me, you think differently, but here yeah. we are, you know, and let's talk about it.
1: You know, and I think those are the discussions we have to have, you know, it's, you know, you know, why did all these people what were, you know, what pushed a person to vote the way they did in this election? We're pretty, if you go right down the middle, it's, it's pretty split, you know, within yeah. a point, you know, a few hundred thousand people across the whole country. were are completely, won, yeah. you know, right on the opposite sides of a fence, the way we voted. I think about 125 people vote, million people voted. And it was within like a couple hundred thousand votes or something the last time I looked. And uh, we really, you know, need, you know, that's what I was saying, I maybe, you know, know, would sit at a table, it'll be important to, you know, for someone like myself to understand why people might have voted for Trump, you mm-hmm. know, and, and maybe they can explain it to me, not in the way that our media did with these rallies and the, some of these things you saw, yep. but there was a lot of people that voted a certain way this, this past 48 hours that really didn't discuss it with anyone until that vote came, which is obviously cut, was everyone, the pollsters and everyone. But for me, it'd be, it's important to maybe have those like, actual intelligent discussions with them to yeah. really understand where that came from.
0: And there's also a, show me what you can do now. We've put you in power, and all the people that have, say, put him in power, if they don't get their thirsts quenched within the period of time,
1: well, and that'll be a, and unfortunately in America, our our attention spans so short at times. Mm-hmm. They'll be they're going to be demanding, you know, instantaneous, um, mm-hmm. instantaneous. And I think that's what got Obama in trouble with some, with maybe the Obamacare medical plan. I think was a, was the moving in the right direction, but the way that it was kind of pushed out into the marketplace, it wasn't ready to go yet. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. the, the website, just like your website crashing yesterday, you weren't ready for all of us to move up there. <laughs> you <know? laughs> you're not ready for that. No one was ready for that yesterday. No. But when you launch something on on the American public, it, it the ease of use was important. And it wasn't, it kind of, I think, got pushed out to market. Now, yeah. can you, when you say we're going to repeal something like Obamacare, you, you're not, you know, you repeal it. Now you have 20 million people that have health insurance that didn't have it before. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you don't have it anymore. Yeah, they they better have a, a a solution or a remedy for or their new plan. And no one can say right now is that plan, but, but they better have a plan, right? Because all of a sudden, you're going to tell twenty million people they can't get any medical help, even though they're getting someone who's getting it now. Yeah, they're, they're, Yeah.
0: yeah so. When we think about universal health care, there seems to be some sort of anger coming from. Every, a lot of facets of Americanism, like capitalism that says, you know, well, that sounds pretty Russian to me, and I'm not having my taxes raised so the guy on the street can have his arm fixed or something repaired. There's, there's this inherent issue from the American way of life that says, no, no, I got what I got for because I fought for it. I lived the American dream, and you can't have any of that. And that is to me, you know, this is me looking inside and ignorantly, you know. But at the same time, it's it's a a pretty peripheral view on the whole thing. But I've been called Russian so many times going down there, even by Canadians that live down there. You know, it's like because of our health care. It's like really, yeah.
1: You know, I, and that's the strange thing: we vilified the word socialism mm. in in our, in our country, just like communism was probably you know back in the fifties and sixties. We took that word socialism and it has a negative connotation mm-hmm. and really people that comes and then it's because they don't understand it you know mm-hmm. um you've had a health care system for a long time up in canada probably long as long as you know you know and it it's it's there though it's accessible yes. you know oh, yeah. and i think sometimes we look short term and there's you know what's the cost of not having one what's yeah. the not having this cost. And and in our country, that short term, oh, it's costing this much. But in the long term, our our emergency rooms are flooded. Uh, people, long term, uh, things that could be cured very easily if they were treated early on become, you know, terminal. Yeah. Long, you know, for a long time, they become chronic things that, that drag down our whole, whole economy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot going on there. Um, like I was saying, we'll we'll hopefully, uh, you know, we'll probably hear a lot of great new music. I, I was just talking to a friend, Brian Marquis about another issue. And he said he's wrote his first pro- t- protest song of his life. Really? Um, you know, he wrote that today and he was, I'm lo- looking forward to him sending that over to me. Uh, but I think it's, you know, so we'll see, you know, yeah. and, and I hope to be part of this with at least, you know encouraging kids to come out and get involved in their local communities through what we do with the warp tour each summer
0: yeah definitely definitely and because you still speak to a pocket of people that they want to feel indifferent they want you know what i mean like it's it, they they are indifferent they they're not with the with the normal crowd and i think that's um, a sort of a, a thing that they wear on their sleeve that say this is me i'm completely different and i want to be different so by me not being with the the norm yeah, it fits right into Warp Tour culture, you know.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And and you know, we we still, you know, we in live person, we we touch a half a million kids in those parking lots each summer, and mm-hmm. a couple million follow us maybe online. And you know, if you can get ten percent of those people mobilized yeah. to do something on a local level, yeah, you know, we're looking at fifty thousand kids a summer doing something in their communities or getting involved, yeah. and then and. The other 90%, of course, are coming just to have a great fun day in the sun and listen to a bunch of great music. Yeah. But that's that's what it was originally built for.
0: Yeah, as as long as you touch just a small percentage of people who can go out and make a difference, you know, and that's kind of what punk rock does. It's sort of the positive side of punk rock has always been community-based. It's always been um, something that people like to stick together and do things in their scenes. And, And what you do is you go to every little pocket and or a scene and then sort of say you plug in and you go here we are and you've always been that you know I've always noticed that with Warped Tour in general is that there's always like a a local element to it Um, yeah
1: and it's important to keep that yeah
0: yeah because you have to stay in touch with the people who come to your shows I mean if you don't then you're just going to be Woodstock
1: yeah well, yeah. <laughs> which one the first one I guess was heard was pretty amazing it that's might that what th- I see it on th- TV
0: it, looks it cool. might have been that third
1: one I was at the second one I, I got to go uh, with uh, Porno for Pyros I was on Lollapalooza oh, cool cool so you know Matt flew- Hyde then yeah we all actually all flew in together yeah. and uh, did that on a day
0: off yeah so you're, you know Matt Hyde yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Matt Hyde produced a treble charger record up here that I worked on oh okay yeah, yeah. I have the gold record here somewhere I think no I think it's where is it? I don't know. My office I'm renovating my basement so I'm in my office right now but um, yeah Matt Matt's, uh, Matt's a Matt's cool dude. He he came up and did uh, some stuff I think with Sum 41 as well. He did okay. uh, one of their one of their records. Great. Uh, I
1: mean the Canadian Connection was great this summer. We had, you know, some 41 out on Warp Tour this summer. Yeah. And it uh, seemed and strong. Good. Yeah, seeing Derek come back, you know, you know, every, you know, his story's not, yeah. you know, private. But to watch him come back from, you know, a near death experience and and things in his life, and and to watch him hit that stage, that live set was amazing. Uh, you know, it, it's fun. I'm having a, you know, fun. It's I've run into these some uh, simple plan guys. You know, I oh, didn't yeah. know they're yeah. they're living in the area, and mm-hmm. so I ran into Chuck over at a golf course yesterday, <laughs> and uh, doing some stuff with them again. Yeah. You know, I think I'm. I'm in the midst of trying to put this new project together thing, and invited Mariana's Trench to be part of it.
0: Oh, cool! Yeah,
1: yeah. So we're. uh, I've always had a fondness, and I know the kids in Canada haven't been that that happy with me the last uh, last uh, years for not bringing Warped up there this last year, and. You know, I guess, I guess you guys, if I plugged in, I always asked if anyone had any spare bunk beds, you know, for the next four years and, <laughs> and not many, you know, some people said, Oh, sorry, Kevin, you would have been on the list, but uh, you kind of fell out of favor with us."
0: Oh yeah. Well, you know, we're Canadians. We're very forgiving. Yeah. Always so, uh, you come back and we're like, okay, sorry. Yeah. Eh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, years. you, you started off with golden voice and you pretty much are golden voice, right? Well, not anymore you know well, it's been a long were, time
1: yeah. yeah you know i yes. was with them you know kind of they were coming through that you know the, it was the heart of the punk rock era mm-hmm. and um i got re- reattached with uh, with paul tolette who now runs golden voice mm-hmm. you know who has started coachella amongst a million other things the desert trip and and Really, you know, I also went to college with him. Mm-hmm. So when I kind of got to start working in the clubs again, I, I, I re-teamed up with Golden Voice. And there was a period there for about 12 years where I ran all the shows. You know, every night of the week, I was working about 320 nights a week as a promoter rep um and kind of cut my teeth in the production world at that point and then in 91 getting that opportunity to go out as the first stage manager Lollapalooza. uh some fond memories of going up to uh up to canada uh the old molson park oh yeah and, and the existing stage at molson park was about the size of what we needed for our loading dock to put the gear on and we had to build a stage in front of it i remember going up there and seeing that yeah. uh, so there's always been this canadian so there was many many years and then uh, you know, CMW. I always enjoyed coming up there for Canadian Music Week. But you know, and then you know, transferred under this Warped, You know, the Warp thing, and and opened up many, many doors and and festivals between Taste of Chaos, which was always a fantastic tour up in Canada. We would. I didn't know better. I was a California guy, so I was California kids. We were. I'm wearing my shorts and flip flops right now, and <laughs> um, I was. So I booked a tour across Canada in January and February, and uh, we're up there with the U's in in. Uh, my Chemical Romance and all those bands at that period. We made every show. It was hard, but I just remember uh, people going, wow, no one toured. Now, two people are trying to tour year round, and many more people are out on the road. But that first time we went up there, we, it was going up to Saskatoon in the first week of February was, uh, Pretty cool. was like kind of an adventure, you know, trying to get up there in time. Uh, little town called Yorkton.
0: Oh, I know Yorkton. Uh, yeah. I used to, yeah, I used to be in a band called Red Fisher out of Winnipeg, and we'd go play Yorkton. That was our big show to play.
1: Yeah, I was always like, we got stuck there one night and it was like 23 below zero and uh, windy and we just posted up in this little cafe and the guy dragged his daughter down with an acoustic guitar and we ate every bit of food in it. And uh, then I picked up the, the, you know, I always like to see what houses cost. And I, and I realized that I, if all things went to hell in my life in the music business, I could always move to Yorkton because I I saw a house was about $29,000 at that point to buy in Yorkton. And I I could always, you know, spend my life out here.
0: Well, you know, who lived for years and years and years in Regina was Mark Arnold from Big Drill Car. Oh, okay. Yeah. He he moved up there and married a girl up there. Uh, I think he's not there anymore but he was in yeah. Regina, like the most, well, I mean, I don't want to, well, yeah, Regina is pretty much the most depressing town in. Well, <laughs> my dad was
1: actually, my dad grew you know, he grew up and he was born in Chicago, but then moved around uh, Canada for a long time when he was young. So he told me Regina, Moose Jaw uh places like that he lived when he was growing his father was a uh, traveling salesman i guess okay, and, yeah and he went up around there and would sell refrigerators or something the first refrigerator just like you needed ref- selling refrigerators to the mm-hmm. canadians in the winter probably was the, the <laughs> successful uh, to go and then uh ended up over on victoria island oh,
0: and uh, okay yeah yeah and,
1: uh, and ended up uh, so there's some so there was some canadian connection there with it with so it was nice to get the tour through all those places
0: yeah definitely when when you came through one of the warp tours actually went through like you were talking about molson park um mm-hmm. that must have been kind of neat to go back a few years later because that would have been in 2001 i think yeah Lollapalooza
1: was 1991 yeah and then we went back in probably about 2001 correct yeah. up to and and play molson park was a fantastic place it's
0: a strip wall uh, now
1: yeah. And, and it's one of those probably in historic lore that's, you know, pe- less and less people, you know, people are remembering it, but there's so many kids hear the stories of all the great shows you used to do up there on Can- Can- Canada day, or Canada day. Yeah, yeah. It was always a great festival. There was that those bands which start out on the East coast and fly and play all the way across the country. I remember Yeah. Uh, the Spino bands. Would do, yeah. And it was just, Always fun, you know. Yeah. it's Molson Park was fond memories of of doing shows up there.
0: My um, a guy I worked with for ten years. He used to work one of the local crew at Molson Park, and him and the other and another friend of his used to wait by the highway, by the by the fence, and everybody would take their booze and throw it over the fence, and then he would wait for the booze to come over the fence, and then grab it because they can't jump the fence, and they yeah. grab the booze and then and then go back to his trailer and drink all the people's booze. Said was that the
1: was, trying to smuggle into Molson Park.
0: I'd call it going shopping, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was fun though. Always had yeah. some good yeah. times out there.
0: So, you know, you also, the very first time Warp Tour came through Toronto was at the Sini Grandstand, which yeah. is now, oh, it's torn down. Uh, it's they tore it down actually very unceremoniously in the middle of the night before and didn't tell anybody they were doing it. And that place is famous, you know, for Blue Jays. Like first time they won the World Series was there. You know? Yeah, I mean,
1: first Lollapalooza was there.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah.
1: yeah. First Lollapalooza.
0: And when I um when I was being when we were on that big remember the big portable moving stage yeah was the you, other put st-
1: anywhere, you put it anywhere in the stadium that you needed the seats or the capacities it mm-hmm. was very.
0: Yeah, so that was like one of those moments for me. It was like, yeah, I saw so many concerts here. I saw like monster trucks and dirt bike competitions, and in the CNE was there. Yeah. So to go there was like a very special moment. When we when SNFU played last, and then there's yeah. a part of their biography where we talk about going to Sneaky D's after and completely destroying the place because everybody was super drunk, and then yeah. it was like an after party for the Warp tour. And everybody, the next day, had, like, scrapes on their knees from, like, <laughs> falling. Just,
1: yeah, it was, yeah, right, you know, I had a fond memories of there. I, you know, first time up to Toronto was with Wallapalooza in 91. Yeah. And after a long day, and I, I was running out of money, and, you know, I was, you know, I wandered into a club up there, and that was the Bovine Sex Club, very famous up there on Queen Street. Yep. And uh, they had just opened.
0: Yeah, they uh, just did their 25th year anniversary. Actually, Daryl yeah. was on my show.
1: Yeah, so so Daryl was, you know, Daryl. I met him in 1991, and we've remained friends till now. Mm-hmm. And I did come up for the 20th anniversary, so it's been five years. But yeah, you know, I DJed at his uh, his anniversary 20th anniversary
0: party at the club. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he 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 just they just shared a one with Chick's Diggit, Chick's Diggit, and, and the bovine had like a a joint birthday party like oh, this great. summer, last summer. Yeah, yeah. Daryl's yeah. doing great. He's still still doing it. He's yeah. the same yeah. guy. Finally
1: got the upstairs balcony opening the and you know, the bar. summertime
0: deck, and oh. that's great. And... Oh, yeah, yeah. Have you been there? Have you seen it yet?
1: Yeah, yeah, I made yeah. it up there. I was a couple years ago, right when he opened it. Yeah. I had to do, we did a movie premiere or something, I think, after oh, we showed it. Okay,
0: them. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, what makes one put a festival together? I mean, what what sort of spurred you on in that early 90s? I mean, you did well, Lollapalooza, and you probably yeah. learn a lot from doing well, that. Well, we did
1: a lot, of, and we did a lot of festivals that, that incorporated skateboarding and music down here in Southern California.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It was a lifestyle that we kind of grew up on. You know, I do events where the Red Hot Chili Peppers, i pay them $250 to be on top of the skate ramp um, at, a, at a, you know, and, you know, now you might pay two, that much for two tickets. Yeah. But, <laughs> one you
0: know,
1: ticket, actually. Yeah, <laughs> And, uh, but we, with that lifestyle that we led in California and kind of had been, Fostering, I'd, I'd heard about the X games being um, created. So yeah. when I was sitting in the snow after an event, I said, God, this lifestyle that we lead. I had gotten a porno for pyros, Perry, to play the mountain song right at, during a board across, you know, coming down the mountain. He hadn't done a Jane song since he'd started porno for pyros. He played it. Um, And I kind of just thought right then that, you know, we need to go do something like this. I was probably thinking about maybe getting out of the music business at that point. I'd already been in it for many years. Uh, and I was able to pull it together because of those relationships I had and all of that work I had done leading up to that. And we got to go out and do, a, you know, the Warp Tour the first year. And, and we went kind of where anyone took us. And Toronto was one of those places that said, sure, come on. Had no idea, like, to get to the border. Yeah. We didn't show up with any paperwork. We just showed up and wanted to do a show.
0: Yeah. I mean...
1: <laughs> you know it, it, I, I i look back at those times and you guys have any t-shirts we, yeah sure we got t-shirts well yeah. we had to leave those behind Do you have any stick it was just never understanding learning the process of dealing and yeah. we have a we had to have a great relationship with the border crossing it has been fantastic that we were able to, we were able to move a thousand people over in a night to get, come up and do a show.
0: I remember um, one stage didn't make it across in the early two thousands. Cause somebody, your manifest said there's so many vehicles in this one band sneaked in on one of your numbers of
1: on the trucks. Of yeah, the trucks. So yeah. yeah. So your yeah.
0: stage didn't make it. Well, the stage made it, but the PA didn't.
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, if there's so many, so many late, and usually you're in a blur because you're up all night to get everyone across. Then you have to yeah. do a show, and then you're, getting, you know, either you're going over to Montreal and and back across. It was very, very many sleepless times, but. You know, so much, so many people that I would consider an extended music family, and we all know those if we're in this business. That there's people you always look forward to, and even when I come up here, you still got you know, you know, it's Tony and everyone from Epitaph, and you know, and uh, Melanie and Daryl, and just uh, Nick Farkas and Emmanuel Patterson. You know, we still all keep in touch, and Emmanuel's coming down here in a couple of weeks, so we're going to go to a hockey game together. Oh, nice. Uh, so you know, there, there's people that I would I would call. In our business, we have so many acquaintances and people, but we actually, I consider them friends.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, Melanie says hi, by the way, because she always, she's been working with me. I've been interviewing bands that she she sends my way and she's, I didn't really know Melanie up until I started the show like a couple of years ago, but I knew Melanie, but I didn't know Melanie. But she started her own podcast. I think it's called The Party Train or something like that. And so, and she still does, you know, what Melanie does and she's great. She's amazing.
1: Huge advocate and supporter, and you need those kind of people within a music scene yeah. uh, to keep it robust and, and alive. And and her focus on punk has been, you know, is for a person that's been around it as long as I have. Is, is she could have jumped to a different sound, but she loves punk rock and she's been an advocate for it as long as I know in in Canada.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, sleepless nights. This because when I I was some forty one's first tour manager, and it was me and them, so. Mm-hmm. Trying to keep up to the warp tour um, when you're the only driver, and wow. you're <laughs> and the very first show we went down to in Manhattan was rained out. Um, oh, that was
1: oh, the, the typhoon of, yeah, yeah, we came back though and made it up though. Well, like from week, Chicago yeah.
0: or Detroit or somewhere, like I think we yeah. had to come all the way back. So there was, um, there's a few stories. I mean, my story was, as I was doing that and then we went to Albany and I mixed gob and then I went back to New York. Then we went up to Boston, then to Montreal, then to Toronto. And I stayed up like for like four days in a row yeah. just to try and keep up with you guys because, um, that's the way it went. Like, you know, you'd roll out and be at the next place. And it's like, and then you had to be there at nine in the morning to figure out what time you're playing. And oh, that was, that was fun. That was kind of like a pretty sadistic way of, you know, but what, what's, I'm pretty sure I knew what spurred that, but what started that whole show up in the morning to find out what time you're playing? Well,
1: That, that was when I was a lot clues in 91. That was uh, Henry Rollins.
0: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: Henry Rollins would have to go on at one in the afternoon every day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he would give it, that performance that Henry Rollins does. There, there's no, uh, there's no 90% with Henry Rollins on stage and we could be playing empty seats. He'd have a lot of empty seats a lot of times because it was a more traditional festival. The headliners came on last, he mm-hmm. played first. And I always sat there thinking, wouldn't it be awesome to put Henry Rollins on right before Jane's addiction some night, right before, you know, right after Susie she's right into Henry Rollins. And I never got that opportunity. And I think so many people, if they had witnessed Henry, you know, they, for the first time at that show, it would have been a, an amazing, amazing thing. So when I created the Warp Tour, I said, you know what, I'm going to write this schedule, you know, in, in each morning. And it was torturous for me. I don't know why we, you know, I was a lot, I understand now uh we sometimes, as long as people don't you know, announce it, we'll text out the thing to the managers if they, or they can let us know they're coming in a little late or a longer drive. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten much more sophisticated back then. It was like, get down the road, get the show up. We were always running. We were always running either from, yeah. you know, running to get the show up in time, running from the cops who were great chasing us out of town. <laughs> you know, it was like the work tour was just the, you know, now we're much more established, uh, you know, festival uh a lot more paperwork a lot more things going we try to make it a little but it's still a workout you go out and work tour i expect you to work hard because everyone's working hard for you
0: yeah oh absolutely and you know there's one moment i think that there's something happened with the there was no food so you just got one of the caterers from the festival to bring their whole truck and cook us all burgers and hot dogs and stuff and you always took care of everybody i mean that was such a It was always such a um, that feeling. And what I really enjoyed from those shows I did was the after the show when everybody's waiting to leave and and, and the tour bus, all the little tour buses and everybody's got, their, you know, it's like it's not a party, but people are just like, wow, we got through the day. This is great. You know, Yeah, that community I have yet to see in any other real tour, you know, like because I've done a few tours.
1: Yeah, we try to do it, you know, with with some of the other ones like Mayhem. It was it was a little bit, but that was more traditional, you know. I don't know. It's that's why I do Warp Tour. I don't necessarily, you know, I I could be doing a lot of other type of tours and things, but I still believe that, you know, doing the Warp Tour leaves your community a better place and the artist in a better position and with to, for the ability to work towards the future. Um, I don't know, you know if you would, but there was a, some artists here this afternoon, uh, Mojo Morgan, uh, Morgan Heritage, a reggae band. They won a Grammy Award. Like they were just all hanging out in the backyard. And we were talking about, and they said, being a reggae band where it was always like, soon come on, everything was, low, you know, no rush, everything's going to happen. And all of a sudden they did the Warp Tour and they showed up at these reggae festivals and were right set up on time, on stage. And it was like, it goes, it taught them how to be a real touring artist. Oh, yeah. You know and i look through history and you know all these bands that have been on warp tour uh, you, you know have become better live artists there's a, a young band you know with uh, courage my love from up in canada <laughs> that came out on warp tour a couple years ago and uh been talking to them and they really turned into a live band on warp tour and they yeah. were almost in the same situation they had a they're like road manager was driving the van and the girls are in the van and they're they're working, you know, nine hours out at their booths signing autographs and everything. But it can make you it could help you have a long longer career in this business by doing that tour.
0: If it yeah, if it taught anything to some forty one, it taught them that your the perception of you is based on, you know, your first impression. And our first time there was in a white van with a trailer. And we had like all these brand new road cases, because we bought all these brand new road cases. and we and and it was very funny because people were looking at these. We're in a van with a trailer. There's no crew. They're on a major General. record label, but they look at these road these road cases like, look at these some of these road cases? <laughs> right. So we actually kind of deface them to sort of say, "Well, hey, you know, we got them." You know, they barely yeah, fit in the trailer. We
1: pick them up at the, you know, used at a, at a remnant sale or something. Yeah. But you know, I, and I think it's friendly hazing in some ways. Mm. But you know, those bands—they come up around the same time as Good Charlotte. And, yeah, uh, you know, Good and Benji and Joel are doing a lot right now, and I've become, you know, close with those guys. And they go, work just was like you—you know—you were out with all your heroes." And you wanted to fit in they were not malicious to you but there was a little bit of like okay are you gonna be are you cool for the club or, or like don't walk in here with your attitudes you know we've been doing this a long time but you know what once you're the doors open you're all well
0: well i know that when you know carrie king embraces them and fletcher you know from pennywise is like these guys are cool it's like Fletcher, a, Fletcher will go out of his way to completely screw with you. Cool. He will. And, yeah. you know, and he likes those guys, you know, and that that speaks volumes, especially to those guys as a band, Some 41. Yeah, that it's like, what's, well, that, what's
1: that, that approval? It might be, it might be, he might be shooting you with a BB gun when he's saying you're cool. When he endorses you or hitting you
0: with a coat or, hanger.
1: Or hot <laughs> yeah, hitting you with a coat hanger or putting hot peppers in your hamburger or whatever you would do, but you know but it was kinda of like, okay, he says we're cool. yeah so, And s- then he would go then he would go to the end of the earth for people.
0: Absolutely. I saw Fletcher uh on the I was uh, tour manager descendants for two shows in two thousand and twelve. But he was making a mixed drink out of a watermelon and he was punching the inside of the watermelon. Like he's punching yeah. it, like trying to make pulp, so he can make this new fancy drink that he's making. And yeah. he's like, "Who are you with?" I'm like, uh, "With the descendants." Much respect. And that was it. So he didn't. Was... he didn't get too. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, he's uh, yeah. But uh, the thing about the, the hazing things, like, because a lot of people would say, like, we're just kind of like the army, you know, like you have your your sergeants and you have your 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 grunts, you know, and and if you're a grunt, then you be a grunt. That's that's the way it's going to be, you know, but. It, you can be on a major record label in your big tour bus, but still be a grunt. And, you know, and that's yeah. just kind of the way it goes.
1: Yeah, I don't know. You know, and, and like I said, it's not malicious. It's just no, no, The no. people that have been out there like last year. It's one of those of the less Jake's the real big. You know, there's a lot of young kids out there and they're more than willing to once they realize they're they're more than willing to help you. Your, your van breaks down, jump on our bus. We'll give you a ride. Oh, you're, you need a guitar out oh, here. Grab some, grab one of mine. You know, it's still, not, you know, oh, don't drag your case. Don't drag all those cases across the parking lot. Use our cabinets today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, you know, who knows, you know, it's 23 years. So you, I don't know, you know, there is that question, looming question, how much longer, you know, will I be going out and doing this? Uh, you know, I've gotten a lot of now, you know, I, you know, I've cutting back some of my other music stuff so I can continue to want to do the Warp Tour. Yeah. Um, or so I have a lot of other projects, maybe outside of the music, you know, I'm working with Haley Williams on her hair dye company now. And we just did this uh, brewery down here called St. Archer's. That was a lot of fun, but you know, the work tour is still in my soul and heart. And I, I still want to keep that going for, you know, a while at least.
0: Yeah. Well, it's your baby. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's why
1: I bought my grandbaby here with now the hair starting (laughs) to get a little grayer and you know, I still have it though, you know, but uh, if you pass your baby
0: off to other people though, who's saying that they might drive it into the ground is with any, any respect or whatever, you know, like there's a heart and soul to the Warp Tour and it, it is you uh, and you bring all these people together and that's what makes the Warp Tour you know, and yeah. you can't, you can't replace that. And unfortunately when you stop stopped doing it, that's probably when the warp Tour is going to just stop or, it you know, might, it, might, franchise it, might, it, it,
1: it, it might, because, um, you know, that's the thing, you know, um, I've been lucky enough to make a better living than I ever expected being a, a punk kid, playing, working in clubs and everything. But, you know, the warp Tour, 90% of the things we do are not financially driven on this tour mm-hmm. and continue to be, you know, and it's successful because what, what everyone puts into it, I have a great staff there, you know, Julie and Steph and Kate and Alice and everyone that works on this tour. And it's surprising you'd, re- you'd recognize some of the stage managers that are still out there probably from the, the early days. They yeah. still come back every year. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they'd make more money doing other things throughout the year, but they still want to come back and be part of the family for it's a like couple
0: summer months. camp, right? Yeah. <laughs> Do you still got yeah. the school bus stage?
1: No, you no. Know, <laughs> Oki, Actually, I was doing a radio interview in LA here and Oki who used to have a school bus stage was listening to the radio show. It was on a, on a uh, FM station. And he called into the station when I was there and says he is now a, Kind of renowned metal that makes things out of metal in Venice Beach and large art sculptures and things with P but he called in and we just had so you know that that school bus stage and you know it's kind of gotten into that SL two hundred and fifty. You know, straight out of Montreal, stage line kind of staging that we use a lot of it that, that most now when we started out, it was so different. And now you go everywhere and those stages are used all over the all over the country and world for, yeah. for those outdoor festivals.
0: Yeah, those stage lines, too. You can't buy them. You have to you have to rent them from them. That's... They, got,
1: they got smart. Yeah. Like <laughs> I think we, the guys I worked with bought some of the first ones. They sold them at first. Yeah. And now you go into this lease partnership where you work with them on everything. So, yeah. They're, they're smart michelle's great absolutely. up absolutely
0: i did a i did a festival where we had one of the smallest stage lines was the production area so it was uh, like, it's like it's my own little stage other... it's like hey this is yeah. cool yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 definitely well you know whether you come to canada or what's the closest you're going to be in buffalo are you going to be in well we had
1: buffalo on the schedule right now okay. and we did buses last year and we, we we loaded up like four buses came down from montreal yeah and i think we did the whole thing and it was like $60 Canadian included your ticket and a bus ride. We did a really cheap thing to because I feel bad. I really do. I, I, want, I, I want to do this, but you know, economics of this are getting trickier and trickier to keep it on the road. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we did a thing and brought a bunch of kids down and they, we, they all rolled in and, and, you know, they got their 10 quarter, quarter to 11. We gave them a special entrance. They came in, had a great day. We put them on a bus at the end of the day and sent them home.
0: That sounds like a blast.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, we do it at a lot of our shows, and
0: yeah. it's
1: an accessible way to come down and still enjoy the day.
0: Definitely. Well, um, when so when does it start up? Around June? mid June. Mid
1: June. It goes early June, probably earlier in June this year, till uh, the first part of August. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also trying to juggle it around all the crazy school schedules down here in the states. Uh, kids get out in as early as mid May and go back as early as August first. Right. Uh, some people stay, you know, wait till second week of June and get out, go back in the second week of September or the first week of September. So we're constantly trying to make sure that we bring the show and, you know, to your, your city while you're out of school.
0: Oh, that's important. Yeah. Nothing
1: like bring nothing like bringing the warp tour to a place that it's the first day of school. and, And then people yelling at me that, why are you doing this on the first day of school? Because, uh, you know, because I do believe in education. So we're, we're very careful with that now.
0: Well, that's very cool. Um, I uh, I feel like we could we could talk for a while I I really do because now we've I mean, geez like because I did the first one in to Toronto I did someone's like the first band that big major label band I ever worked for was on Warped Tour and you know so now it's I feel very it's like a part of me like from from the amount of times like having to drive from Detroit all the way back to New York was like yeah. a life altering thing for me because I oh. I was driving and I was like trying to drink as much coffee and do as much effort as I possibly could to get keep me awake with these yeah. little breadwinners driving you know these 17 18 year old kids and uh and and it's like we got to get there <laughs>
1: like, yeah I it, yeah I just and then I think that by having to go back up and, and make that show in New York we had to make that one up it made it work like we worked like 23 days in a row yeah it was yeah, some crazy number. It, <laughs> yeah, it was just 23 straight days. And yeah. you knew, you know, it was very strange by about the 20th day, just everyone was kind of losing their minds. Yeah. Um, You know, the, the the shows were great because people were running on a weird lack of sleep. The nights were off the hook because people were burning up, and, you know, this adrenaline. Um, And then everyone would race to the next city. But uh, it got a little wacky the last few days of that, yeah. you, know,
0: you know. Yeah. But you it's know, life-altering. It's... I mean, it, it it changed sort of how I look at touring. Um, and I've toured with bands that, you know, were pretty pretty efficient people, but it really did tell me like, hey, you know, you can bitch and whine all you want, but <laughs> it's not going to get you anywhere. Or you can't... Yeah. I've never once did I hear, and I can had like, do you know how long I've been doing this for? Like that stupid, you know, thing you hear from people, that rhetoric of saying I've been doing this a long yeah. time. It's like, never heard that and yeah. uh you know and you're like you are you're traveling with like green day no effects no effects would put on a great show every day and i came up with an idea that they should actually do a live album of just fat mike talking in between songs wow. that, <laughs> little clips little sound clips just just him talking and then i spoke to aaron uh, about it and she's like yeah we probably get thrown in jail over that and so right. hence the name became slander that's the name of the album
1: yeah, as, as katie perry who, who started her career on Warp Tour used to say, she would come in and goes, my name is Katy Perry and I'm selling 40,000 records a week. And everyone looks at me and says, who cares, Katy? <laughs> yeah. And she goes, you, know, you don't realize I have to do my makeup. I need somewhere, to... and then everyone looks at me and goes, who cares, Katy? <laughs> and you go, I, and I have to walk this far to the stage. And they say, really, no one cares, Katy. And she goes, okay, I got what the warp Tour is about. It's about <laughs> working hard, keep it a good attitude um it paid off for her very well (laughs) obviously we all know and uh you know and bring your best show to every day you have to bring your best show to the stage and she developed her live show out there and also you know so and you're not just playing
0: to the crowd you're playing to the people that are on the tour with you and it's Absolutely. as important to impress those people that are playing after and before you than it is to whatever, whoever's out there watching, you know?
1: Yeah. I know that the artists, when they're looking at those fans, and of course they're, they're playing for those fans, their heart, but when they start seeing other band members kind of popping up on the side of the stage while, while they're playing, that was like, that was a great feeling for those artists sometimes when they would mm-hmm. look around and see their fellow bandmates, all, you know, from other bands and crews coming around and hanging around and watching their shows. Yeah. That, yeah, was, that yeah. was always a, a good.
0: Do so. you have a favorite year? No,
1: you know, it's strange. It's, you know, I don't know. I, I, I tend to look at hopefully next year is going to be my favorite
0: year. Yeah. You know, I guess every I year, my every life. year. Yeah every year you know,
1: well, there's a couple that i would not say is my favorite they're probably my least favorite years yeah but you know they've run together and um uh, you know it's you 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 know my job now is is to get everyone home safely at the end of the summer the kids home safe each day it's really hard work out there um and it, it, it's been it's always been hard work but mm-hmm. you know now you know it's just these kids i look at you know and my daughter's uh, you know, now one is graduating college and one's in, in high school. And, you know, I look around and see 10,000 of them mm-hmm. at a concert. And I want to make sure that they're having a, as much fun, pushing that fun right to the edge, mm-hmm. but getting you home safe.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that. I mean, that's neat how you explain that because when you did it 20, uh, 23 years ago, you're not too much older than the people coming to the show, really, if you think about it, you know, in, in spirit and in mind. And now you're a father of, of adults, pretty much, yes. you know. And, yeah, and you have to think about more than just you know, hey, because I remember you used to, you had a truck with that just had couches in it.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I, trust me, I, you know, it's, it's, those were the days when I was probably I was traveling with my peers. Yeah, you know the people I worked at, the bad religions, yeah. and the know of the I worked in the clubs with all those bands. Yeah. You know, we'd hang out. There's not the you know we don't hang out quite we, the bands. It's funny we all hang out. You know, the shows still end right around before nine o'clock. You yeah. sit around, you have a chat. A lot of people are having a soda or a beer, and it's like ten o'clock, and you go, "See you tomorrow." <laughs> like, yeah. See you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting tired. Best, best call is not going to be till midnight. Well, I don't know. See you tomorrow. <laughs> you get two hours of sleep before uh, the buses. Uh, two hours of sleep before the buses roll.
0: Yeah, because in your sleep, good. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Well, I uh, I wish you all the luck, and well, thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Um, man, I I could like I said, I if you want to, you know, do the show again. Yeah, I'd uh, love to. Anything. I'd
1: love to. And okay. I just have to set a reminder on my phone so I call in on time. Because, yeah, you uh,
0: know, we should have one that says just maybe think of, we should have a, like a thing where it's like s- stories, just a course. story. Like,
1: yeah, I think, you know, that's what I was one time going to say. It's like, you know, there was always like this, someone could throw a, a band name out and I can tell you a story about pretty much any band and <laughs> something inexperienced because of those, you know, working 320 nights a year in a venue or a club yeah. and then the tours we've done. Um, you know there's there's i think that's one thing we we all have a lot of great stories yeah yeah, we, yeah now have, we need to let now we have to kind of, we have to, but it's funny now you can get three people together that were living the same story and everyone has a different version of it by this <laughs> point in their lives
0: yeah that's true it's Thank very you. true. It's very true. Well, um, uh, I uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you very much, and uh, all the luck and and success. And if you are wow. in Toronto, uh, get get a hold of me through Melanie, and maybe we'll meet at the Bovine and have. We'll a meet up on the Jack and the Bovine. All right, awesome. All right, have a great night. Thanks. Thank you. Kevin Lyman, everybody. He's a good guy. He was a good guy to talk to, and we had that nice conversation that people have when you're getting caught up I'd see Kevin when we're on the, when I was on the Warped Tour I'd see him occasionally like put the hand up he'd always put the hand up he seemed like he always knew what was going on and I think that's his gift he, he's his gift is knowing everything all the time what's happening <laughs> um, thanks so much for listening to show everybody don't forget to go to audibletrial.com slash epilogue to get your 30-day free trial and your free download book audiobook any book you want Uh, Did he mention if you don't like the book you can send it back And you can get your money back That's pretty cool Not for you though if you get your 30 day free trial Because you didn't pay anything so you're not getting money So don't think it's a scam or something Don't forget to go to the Applelog.ca homepage and click on the Amazon Banners to help support the show Don't forget to go to patreon.com And pledge monthly To the show And don't forget to go to the shop Buy a t-shirt Christmas is coming everybody and also coming up on the second year of podcasting here on the show. Um, that's all made possible by the enthusiasm of people like you that listen to this show. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I got some nice feedback from people. And I get... You know, I no I know I haven't really broken through to the other side is because I haven't got anybody who I don't know going, You're a piece of shit, Simon, you shouldn't be doing podcasts. I haven't got that yet. So that means all my good friends are listening to the show. <laughs> and thank you for that. Thank you so much, everybody. Again, we'll see you next week with my friend, Greg Bolton, who is a guitar tech. He's also a uh, somewhat of an acoustician. Uh, we didn't talk anything about any of that stuff, but he is a very cool guy. Think of it, if you remember the old Kyle Stanley episodes, it's kind of like the Kyle Stanley episode without Kyle. Kyle works at well, a Valley Village now. He's really hard to get a hold of. So Greg's my new Kyle, everybody. So thanks for listening to the show. We'll see you next week. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.